In the name of Jesus, dear saints of God, what was the best advice you were ever given in your life? One of my favorites, I think, any Office fans here, Dwight Schrute was asked that question once, and he said that his boss once told him, don't be an idiot, best advice he ever had in his life. It's pretty good, actually. But chances are it was probably just more something like uh, a good financial tip, maybe, that was given to you, a a startup company or a new product that somebody said, hey, it's going to explode, and you invested in it, and it did, and you were set. Or maybe it was a guidance counselor or or a, a professor in college who kind of steered you down the path of the career that you now have and love. Or maybe it was a friend who said, you know, I know you're not really looking right now, but I know this gal, and, and I think the two of you would just click. Just give it a chance, go on a date, and that woman is now your bride. Those are all pretty good examples of good advice. Flip it. What's, what's the worst advice you've ever been given? Maybe it's just the exact opposite of all of those examples I just listed. Maybe it was a terrible financial tip and it bankrupted you. Or maybe it was a job and a career that you went into and it took you too long to realize that it was a waste of your talents and a waste of your time, but you'd already put 20 years in, so you might as well finish it. Or maybe it was a friend who set you up on the absolute worst date of your life. I think for my money, if I'm going with what is the worst advice I've ever been given, I don't think of a specific time or even a specific example, but I think in more general ways, and, and when people give you advice that's either very shallow or cliché, and it really does nothing for you, and I think at the top of that list might be, and this is going to sound weird, at the top of that list are the words that Jesus spoke to us this morning in the gospel. Don't worry. Really? I mean, it takes nothing to say that to someone. And it offers you just as much. I mean, you pour out your heart and soul to someone. You open up your life and you invite them in to sit there with you, going over your fears and your worries and your anxieties. And they look you dead in the face, and all they can muster up is, ah, don't worry about it. That doesn't help me. That's not advice. That's, that's, that's meaningless to me. Because you know what? I'd be willing to bet that if you were in my shoes and you had to deal with what I'm dealing with right now, you would be worried and stressed too. I was reading an article this week and it it sort of talked about how anxiety and depression were on the rise before COVID. And then COVID just accelerated them both. And the numbers are actually even a little more scary. When it comes to depression, people estimate that about 33% of Americans 
could be clinically diagnosed with depression. One out of three. Look around the room. If it's not you, it's probably the person sitting next to you. And anxiety was maybe even scarier. Throughout COVID, anxiety in Americans more than quadrupled. And you put both of those together and you start looking around in your own heart and life or in your own family or groups of friends and you go, yeah, you don't have to tell me. You remember when, when COVID started and we, the phrase that everybody was discussing was the new normal? What are the new normals going to be? Here it is. Apparently it's anxiety and depression for nearly every American. And here's the kicker. This morning, Jesus tells us, do not worry. And not only do you and I worry, like all the time, but we've actually found a way to somehow turn worrying into a new virtue. Have you noticed this? We made out worrying to be a good work that we do. Because we equate worrying with having a serious approach to life. I'm invested. I take things very seriously. I take everything to heart. And therefore, I worry about everything. So, if you are serious about your career, then you worry about your career. If you're serious about politics, then you worry about politics. If you're serious about your faith and all of the problems going on in the world, then you have anxiety about your faith and all of the problems in the world. So that we wrongly connect stress and worry and anxiety with having a serious approach to life. And this has become our new virtue. We worry because we care. Anybody else's mom say that to them growing up? To the point that Jesus tells us not to worry. And I don't know, if you're like me, you kind of go, Jesus, I don't even know what the alternative is. If I'm not worrying, what am I supposed to be doing? Am I supposed to be careless? Am I supposed to be carefree? Should I just not take life seriously? Should we not be concerned about the things that are going on in our lives and around the world? We think if we're not worried about everything, then we're just being lazy. And you know people like this. They don't stress anything. And from time to time, you actually find yourself kind of being envious of them but more times than not, you kind of want to know, do you even have a pulse? Do you realize what's going on in the world? Do you realize how a normal person would react to the circumstances you're experiencing? I don't know, it, it, it kind of gets awful close, doesn't it? To the guy that Jesus told us about in, in his sermon right before our text for this morning. The words we heard Jesus last week uh, say to us. Jesus tells us this story about a guy who was blessed with an overabundance of possessions. And so what does he do? He stores them all up. He builds bigger barns. He kicks his feet up and he says, I have so much, I no longer have any worries in life. 
I can live the rest of my life worry-free. I can eat, drink, and be merry. And Jesus, I think the point of that was to say, don't do that. Because it did not end well for that guy. So which is it? Well, it's this. Listen to Jesus again. Do not worry about your life. What you will eat or about your body, what you will wear, life is more than food and the body more than clothes. And to further this and strengthen this, do not worry, Jesus gives us three things. Two things for us to consider and one thing I think to kind of sort of laugh at. And that's going to be the one that we start with. Jesus says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And maybe you're wondering, Pastor, why, why do you think that's something that we should laugh at? I mean, we, we actually know now that stress and worry and anxiety don't add hours to your life, but they take hours away. How is this a laughing matter? Well, I don't know. I, I said this to somebody recently, and I don't think they found it very funny either. They were sharing with me all of the the things going on in their life and they were stressing over it and they were beyond worried. And I looked them in the eye and I said, you know what? I'm so glad that you are so worried about this because that is going to fix it. Yeah, they didn't laugh either. It's sarcasm. It's supposed to kind of make you half crack a smile and go, okay, I get it. I think that's kind of what Jesus is doing. Jesus is saying one measly hour in the grand scheme of your life, you cannot do a single thing. You could not worry enough to just add that. So why are you worried about everything else? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? What do you think you're doing? What do you think you're accomplishing? And then Jesus gives us two things to consider. And that word consider is a heavy word. It's a word that that literally means to have something sort of hang over your mind. And when I describe it like that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. To consider, to ponder something and it brings to my mind sort of like a cartoon with like the thought bubble over their head that just sort of follows them around all day. Jesus says, I want this to be in your thought bubble. I want you to let this hang over your head for a while in a good way. Jesus says, consider the ravens. When was the last time you did that? Jesus says, not a single one of them owns a tractor. They don't build any barns. They don't operate a farm. They don't have any of these things. And yet, do you know what they have? Food. And do you know why? Because God feeds them. Jesus says birds don't sow or reap or harvest or cook, and yet they always eat. And here's the point. How much more valuable you are to God than birds. Or Jesus says, consider the lilies of the field. You'll never see a flower slaving away at a sewing machine. You'll never hear a flower stand in front of its closet and complain that it has nothing to wear. No. And yet Jesus says, I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. 
And if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will He clothe you, O you of little faith? And there it is. There's the alternative to worry. Repent. You of little faith. You see, worrying is not how we show people that we take life seriously. Worrying is more like an accusation of, against God. That He is not taking our life seriously enough. Sorry. Jesus says repent of that. God even takes the lives of birds and flowers so seriously that they do not have a worry in the world. How much more so you? How much more valuable are you? How much more seriously does God take your life? Don't worry about your life. This life. Food, clothes, Jesus says. Your life is about so much more than those. Those are the things, the, the physical things, the earthly things, the things down below, the things that won't last. Those are the things that pagans, unbelievers, those are the things that people who do not have God as Father, who do not know Jesus as Savior, that's what they spend their life chasing after because it's all they have. Not so with you. Your life is to be about things above. Things eternal. Things beyond this life. Your life is to be about God's kingdom. Seeking His righteousness, His name, His spirit, His wisdom, His goodness, His promises. This is what your life seeks after. And if that's what your life is about, not about earthly things, but about heavenly things, then if we're being honest with ourselves, doesn't it become a little scary? I mean, God, if I don't seek after those things, if I don't seek after food and clothing, won't I be hungry and naked? I won't have a place to live. I won't be able to support my family. I don't think about and seek and strive after these things. Then what will I have? And Jesus knows that our reaction to this phrase, do not worry, will be fear. He anticipates it. And so he says this, Seek his kingdom, and these things, earthly things, food, clothes, house, home, life, will be given to you as well. Jesus says, be about the things above, spiritual things, eternal things, heavenly things, and let me worry about all the rest. Let me make sure that you have your daily bread and you do. And so, Jesus can say, do not be afraid, little flock. For your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Don't be afraid. Isn't that amazing? No sooner than Jesus tells us to seek after, to be about, to strive for God's kingdom, and Jesus says, oh, and by the way, God has already been pleased to give it to you. It's already yours. 
God has already handed His kingdom over to you. Strive after, seek after the very thing that's already yours in Christ. God's kingdom. His righteousness. His spirit. His wisdom. His goodness. His promises. And you will never be in need. And that's so important for us to hear. Because if you're anything like me, sometimes it becomes difficult to become convinced of that. I don't know, am, am I the only one who struggles with this? H have you ever pictured yourself maybe standing at the pearly gates, whatever you want to call them, standing there on the, the cusp of getting into heaven, and God looks at you, and without even saying anything, you just can't help yourself. And so you say, God, I'm so excited. I so want to be in heaven. I so want to spend eternal life with you to gaze into the face of Jesus. I'm so ready. I can't wait. Please let me in. And what's the thing that's standing between you and getting into heaven? It's God. Because you're not so sure that God wants you in heaven as much as you want to get into heaven. You're not so sure that God loves you as much as you really love Him. You picture Him sort of sizing you up, looking you over and, and scanning over your life and kind of you know, waiting to be convinced. And this is why it's so easy for us as human beings to be convinced that we have to be the ones to convince God to let us into heaven. And here's what you need to know and hear and be confident of this morning, brothers and sisters. That is false. It's a complete and utter lie. Were you paying attention to our prayer of the day this morning? I know it's easy to skip over sometimes. That short little prayer at the very beginning of the service. Don't. Don't skip over those words. In fact, I would encourage you to take your service folder home this morning and use that as a prayer, either when you get up in the morning or before you go to bed at night and do your best to memorize it. It's one of the best ones out there. Did you hear what we said? We prayed to a God who is more ready to hear than we are ever to pray. We pray to a God who is more ready to give than we ever are to ask. In other words, we pray to a God who wants to save you more than you want yourself to be saved. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That is what makes God happy. Your Father wants you to be with Him forever. He wants that. That's what pleases Him more than anything else. He wants you to be saved, wants you in His eternal presence so deeply that nothing would stand in His way. Nothing would stop Him from making sure that it happened, not even sparing His own Son, whom He gave into death that you and I might have life in His name. This is what pleases God the most. To give you His kingdom. And in the life, death, and resurrection of His Son, that's exactly what He's done. 
And because that's the case, because it pleases your Father to give you the kingdom, to forgive your sins, to put His name on you, to adopt you into His family, to make you His very own, because that is all yours in Christ, Jesus says, invest in those heavenly things. Jesus says, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's where your treasure is. Your true, lasting treasure. It is seated at the right hand of God. So invest in those treasures. In the forgiveness of sins. In the strengthening of your faith in giving these treasures to your children and your family and your friends and know that the return on investment in heaven never disappoints. Where there is no inflation, where you always get back, where you always receive more than you could ever put in. These spiritual, heavenly, eternal things are worth your time and attention. And when you do, you start to worry about things below a little less. Your faith is strengthened. And you start to think about the things above a little more. And your heart is drawn to them. God is not standing in your way. God is the one who is pulling, guiding, calling, preparing, and ready to welcome you home when that day comes. Don't worry. Not only is that not bad advice from Jesus, it's not even good advice. It's better than good advice. Because you know what it is? Do you know what that phrase is? It's the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus inviting you and me to bring our anxiety and our stress and our worries and our fears to come with our shame and to come with all of those times when we say, God, I know I shouldn't be worried about this, but... And to lay them at his feet. And do you know what he does when we do that? The Lord smiles. And he forgives. And he welcomes you. And he feeds you with the body and blood of his Son and He gives you His kingdom. So do not worry. Seriously. And do not be afraid. Seriously. Because it pleases your Father to give you His kingdom. And it is yours. Today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen.